Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. So then the monkey hops off the horse, salutes the crowd, and walks away like nothing happened. <laughs> um, I see what you did there. Freaking love monkeys. That's that's my pet name, Love Monkey. And apparently we're out of the game room. We are recording. I'm Dr. Sam. We are... BS podcast team. We got three Jeffs and a Myra, and we just spent the last week talking about trust, consistency, and good decision making. And what is most valued in leadership? And it got to me thinking about phrases that we say. We might say things like, I like people who are punctual. I don't like people who do their job half-heartedly. And I think it's a fairly common phrase. I've heard it, probably even said it. But the more I think about those types of phrases, I like people who, or don't like people who, is it really the person that we're liking or not liking? And so based on the trust conversation, I want to move our discussion into how to separate the behavior of a person from the person. And is it necessary? So I'll give an example. Prior life. When we had large group meetings and some companies they called all hands, it wasn't quite that, but it was just a large audience. You could count on one person, one, not a person, one person, the person to consistently ask an ornery, maybe even mean spirited question that related, but was just mostly trying to poke people. So inappropriate, what degree rather, we would say, I don't like when that person does that. Or I don't like people who, because every time they show up, we're going to do it. So I'll ask the group is, when, without naming names, what experiences do you have with that kind of flavor where you know that an interaction with somebody is going to go a direction because of the prior behaviors they've shown? And it's difficult to appreciate them as a coworker. I don't know if it's in exactly that situation, but as you were talking, I was in this group and I was paying to be in this group. And there was a next step after this group had, had completed its journey here. And the leader was putting out the qualifications of the people that could go ahead and go into the next group or that could choose to go into the next group. One of the things she said was, I don't like people that don't take action. That, mm. at that moment, I decided whether or not I wanted to go into that group, I would not. Because I'm the type of person that takes action after they understand. I have to understand first. I don't just step out where angels fear to tread. And I immediately felt judged. And mm -hmm. I felt this person is not somebody, A, that I want to pay or B, that I want to follow. Mm -hmm. And that has not gone away because it was a personal attack 
to me. Now, she I'm mm-hmm. sure she did not mean it that way, but because she made it personal, I don't like people who. Then I put myself in that category, in that slip, mm-hmm. and it was such a turnoff that I just never came back. Mm-hmm. So how did you hear that phrase, I don't like people who don't take action, and identify yourself as a person who does take action after some contemplation, but you made the decision that you were the people she was talking about? I felt shamed that it could have been rephrased is mm-hmm. I really get excited about people that take action. Yeah. Then that conversation would have been open to I take action, but only after I understand. Can you help me understand? Sure. Then I wouldn't have felt shamed. That was a very shaming statement. I don't think people know that they say it. Very good. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Who else has seen or experienced that kind of just the, I know what's going to happen here. I'm not looking forward to it. One of the things for me, Sam, it, it, I've got a number of decades under my belt. And decades ago, I realized that I, I like people. I love people. Uh, right. There are some things that people do that I'm not very excited about, however. And that separation between the person and their behaviors, and the, the behaviors are motivated by many things, is one of the things I, th- I think we all can utilize and believe in the DISC assessment profiling system to determine their behavioral styles and their motivators and those kind of things. But there is a difference between people and what people do. And Mm -hmm. believe it or not, my position is that the things that we do, almost 99.99999%, whatever, out to infinity, we can control what we do. If Mm -hmm. one of my pet peeves is people just say, it's just the way I am, when the way they are is crappy, and they know it, I know it. (laughs) And and they choose to victimize themselves by saying, that's just the way I am. No, that's the way you've decided to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you can change. And so the times I've run into these sometimes caustic people, I I think we described them as as jack wagons, but is to have a a very heart-to-heart, personal, one-on-one, private, confidential conversation about what we're trying to be that doesn't have anything to do with work. It has mm-hmm. to do with people. And mm-hmm. I can tell you one of the the stories, this is a number of years ago now, an, an employee was really struggling at work. And because of that, everyone thought it was because they're just a jack wagon. And that's just the way they are. And because they were struggling, they were really caustic to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. brought them into my office and sat down and we just started talking about life and what's going on and and those kind of things and found out that there was significant health issues in the family that was loading on so much stress and pressure onto this employee that it was affecting everything they did and it manifested itself in people thought they were a jack wagon and and the truth is they weren't a jack wagon they were just in a spot that was really putting pressure on them so focusing on the people not on how they're acting, to me, is the key. And if they're acting differently than what you would expect or what the organization requires, then we need to look at the people, not look at their action. 
Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. And to pull back from the last episode, you described a situation where you had to take the reins of an organization and out of the gate, one person says, I don't have to do anything you tell me to do. I'm not going to do it. Yes. And then over years, you became close. Yes. In terms of separating the person from the behavior, where do you feel like that relationship that started off poorly turned the corner and became something that was personal relationship versus that antagonistic entry to the conversation? Yeah, another great question. I think that's a turn the dial moment, not a light switch moment. Mm -hmm. There isn't Mm -hmm. a... I can't point to one specific day or time or event that tipped it over to the positive thing. I think that the trust over time was built because our relationship was consistent. I was consistent. We've talked about it in in previous episodes where as a leader, doing what you said you were going to do is Mm -hmm. really key. Those kind of things. And then just the experience of together, collaboratively making good decisions that helped the organization move forward, which made every employee there feel better about themselves, feel better about the work we were doing, feel better about the service we were providing, that that kind of stuff. My sense, Sam, it took four or five years maybe to get there. And, and I really can't point to a single time or episode or event that that created it, but that the trust was built over time being consistent making good decisions, being open and honest, being trustworthy. Right. right. If I could be so brazen, your reaction to that statement was part of that turning point. And somebody says, you're just in charge, you don't get to tell me what to do. One reaction is like you said, which is, I'm not going to tell you, we're going to decide collectively. Or you could say, oh, that's a fat load of malarkey. I'm the boss. Here's what we're doing. You will listen or you'll get fired. Right. That's one approach. And people right. do take that approach on occasion. Yes, but responding yeah, with that, grace. Yeah, that, get you that just that. isn't me. And th- thank you. Those are really kind words. I'm not sure I'm all that in a bag of chips, but that's just the way I approached or felt about influencing the organization to be something different than it was. You're right. I could have said, we'll see about that. And then send them packing the next day or whatever. But right. that wouldn't have built trust in the organization it also brings you a consistency challenge because if I fired one person that didn't think the way I thought now right. to be consistent, I have to fire everybody that doesn't think the way I think. <laughs> and of course that's not very tenable. As Conroy would say, you're going to, Jeff, going to be on a long, lonely trip by yourself if you go down that road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A quick side note here in our merch shop, there'll now be hats and shirts that say flum, fat load of malarkey. It's just like you're um, that. Uh, well, you've been looking like you're itching to do it to share something here. What's on your mind, sir? No, I was just saying I have to agree with Geyer. It's all built on trust. Not everyone, not, not everyone's going to like you. And if you want everyone to like you, sell ice cream, right? <laughs> but you, you can be colleagues. You can be work colleagues. You can work towards a common goal. Your personalities may not jive. I've had plenty of people I've worked with that I just didn't get along personality wise. But we can be colleagues. I'll still listen to you and I'll talk to you and I'll give you kudos and be nice and everything. But we don't have to hang out after work and be buddies and pals. I'll continue to buy you ice cream. You know, <laughs> and uh, if you're lactose intolerant, Jeff can accommodate. I can accommodate with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like flom. I like flom. It ranks right up there with iBoss, an invisible bucket of shit. I like flom. <laughs> it's a great. If you don't, you don't like, like ice cream, you can wear it to family reunions. That's right. 
a nice bowl of shut the heck up. <laughs> so as we are in leadership roles, either currently or in our previous lives, and we need to separate arguably behavior from people. How do we manage ourselves in such a way? And how can we advise our, our leaders right now who know they have to get to a goal, but really have a hard time seeing the behavior separate from the person because isn't a person's behavior is reflective of what they value and who they are? So how do you separate that in a meaningful way? That's a great question. I think we're emotional beings. We are emotional creatures. We are built for connection. And if we don't have a connection with other people, we are less likely to care about them as a human being. If we have to work with that person and we have a consistent behavior of not getting along, of seeing they have different values, different visions, different whatever it is, if we focus on the differences, we will never find the things that we have in common. And right. sometimes that's a really hard process because we're not going to get along with everybody. There are people in this world that I just don't like, and that's fine. But that doesn't mean I have to sit in a room and have lunch with them every day. That's like a personal torture device. Like, okay. Uh, but I can still be, if I choose, I can be happy for their happy. Even mm -hmm. if I don't care for them as a human being, great, that makes you happy. Doesn't hurt anybody else, go be happy. You be happy with your happy. Right. And it, it's a challenging thing because if you're expected to work on a project together, if you have to, to share space with somebody that you really don't get along with, it's hard because we are emotional creatures. And, but like Geyer said, you have 99% control over what you do. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make a difference, if you want to see, and this is a big challenge here, if you want to see a difference in somebody else, start changing yourself. There you go. Right. Yeah. Like that. Like that. It's hard to make it through an episode without bringing up Dr. Covey. But <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> For those of you that don't know, how's this actually going to work? Yeah. What are my royalties now? If you want to overcome this problem, seek first to understand and then be understood. Try empathy. Try getting outside of yourself and understanding where they're coming from. Does it heal things? Does it make things just all right? No. But like you were talking earlier, maybe it was the last episode about somebody, their family situation was causing them to be just real jack wagons. If we don't try to find that out, if we don't get out of ourselves and our hurt feelings and try to understand where they're coming from, then there's nothing more powerful than giving people emotional space. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes physical space. Yeah. yeah and that, <laughs> right. that too. And sometimes it's, even if you do understand, it's still not acceptable to you personally. And, yeah. but you get that opportunity to voice that. But the mm -hmm. thing is, you got outside of yourself and tried empathy with the other person mm -hmm. to see at least there's a connection there, even though it may not heal the situation. It is it's out of the realm of the and puts it in the realm of person. So to, to the points that we're making here about observing the other, valuing their input and who they are as a person, and Geoff just said, if you want to change somebody, change what you're doing. In my old work, thankfully it doesn't happen as much anymore, I used to get yelled at and lied to a lot because people were in the wrong and I was holding them accountable. 
And it was easy to tolerate that because they weren't lying to me or yelling at me. I was just the vessel. They were upset with the process, with the procedure, with their own dopey choices. And I was just taking the heat. So people who are leaders, if they even get yelled at, sometimes it's not about them. And if you can separate that behavior, not just behavior of the other with their own, who they are, but what's being directed at you from who you are, then there's some compartmentalizing that can be healthy. And also talk to your coach, talk to your therapist, make sure you don't hold all that inside. But oftentimes when people are upset and point it at you, they're upset with a situation. It's less about you. So it's easier to tolerate those kinds of instances and not worry about blaming the person or diving them a different way. It's just look at the situation and yeah, this is crap and this is my turn to get the crap. So I don't usually pontificate much, but that's where we are. We have uh, a few minutes left, I believe. So one more quick question. Best bit of advice you can offer somebody who is new or experienced, whatever type of leader they are, when they start viewing people as don't like people who, what's a quick way to get out of that spiral? Listen, have patience and listen to them. Listen to what? I should listen, listen to them, but listen. Listen to what they have to say. They have reasons for being, for their opinions, for the, the way they think. Listen to what they have to say. Try to understand them a little bit. Listen, show empathy, but restate purpose. Restate what you're trying to do as well. So they, so, so you're communicating clearly and, and you're being transparent. I would go with what Myra says. Seek first to understand. That's a big one. Yes. And if at some point they just stop making sense because there's no consistency behavior. Maybe you got to fire their ass. Some people just don't fit. Help them find their happiness elsewhere. Help. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jeff, jokes I aside, would... let's say somebody does start making a bunch of non-sequitur statements. I'm not suggesting, you know, a therapeutic issue, but they're just, it's not making sense. And they're just tight and upset. What can you do aside from saying, go explore other employment options? What is one approach you can take? Focus I mean, on the behavior and not on the not person. The person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In what way? Correct the behavior. Right. This behavior, as if, if somebody's swearing at you, mm -hmm. I do not allow swearing at me. Sure. That's the. I don't like people that swear. What's the difference there? You're right. addressing the behavior, and not the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If somebody's all revved up and throwing it at you 50 jillion different reasons why something is bad, okay, it sounds like there's some upset here. Boil it down for me. Give me the high point. What's the, the most important thing to you right now? And it just brings it down to, yep, you had to let out, and now let's focus a little bit so you can get there eventually. Dyer, what say you, sir? Yeah, I, I was just thinking about the times that either employees or customers or clients or over the years have been upset with me. And I learned that asking this question, what's wrong with you? Or why mm. are you acting that way? Or <laughs> those kind of questions are not the questions to ask because that's focused on the person, yep. not the behavior. Better questions are, I think I understand why you're so passionate about this or why you're upset about this given issue. Tell me more about how that's affecting you. Mm -hmm. Questions like that are, are more focused on, let's find the, the situation that's causing this issue, 
why are you acting the way you are? That's one way for me anyway, to separate the person from the event. Nicely said. And we are at time, which means please go on your device, give us that five-star rating because we like to know that you like what's going on. Secondarily, as you are taking your leadership journey and you have difficulty separating the person from the behavior, let us know. Contact us. We'd be happy to walk you through some options and, and opportunities to explore that relationship. And most importantly of all things, be safe, be a good leader, and to the best of your ability, listen to what folks have to tell you. We are No More Leadership BS podcast team, and we will talk at you in a week. Thanks for your time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Letterbuck. <laughs>